From the PSI ASI Mobile Studios at Keystone Lodge in Keystone, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and we're meeting the snowboard team tonight, uh, the national team. We're here on Facebook Live. We're also doing a podcast. If you guys would each uh, state your name and introduce yourselves. Nicholas Robert Alfieri. Wow. <laughs> Social Security number? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Eric Franklin Rolls. Hey, it's Chris Rogers. Hi guys, Tony Macri. Scott Anfang here. And Scott, as the coach of the team, um, tell us what you've been doing this week. Team training, you guys actually got together before team training even started. We started off uh, before the actual event started and just got together as a team. Um, Went over some some stuff about how we could work better together as a team. Um, Got to hang out socially, do some dinners. We went and played frisbee golf just really to get ourselves in line so that when we came to training, we were ready to go and on the ground running. Um, so many times you come to these events and the first couple hours is, oh, what'd you do this summer? How was you do this and that? And so we got past all that and had plenty of time to work together and then went straight into uh, to training and, and hit the ground running. Now, Tony, I, I want this to be as boring as possible. Let's get as technical as we can. Uh, <laughs> So of all people, you probably didn't hit the ground running because you're recovering from a pretty gnarly injury. Yeah, definitely did not hit the ground running. So I got to go up there and watch them ride. Um, so that wasn't too fun. So that's pretty boring. But um, but it's great. It's always great to kind of get back with the team and kind of get that you know get the mind going again and kind of get everyone kind of freshed up on the new standards and, and what we're doing for that season. It's great. Amy Gann as the. Uh lone female here this evening. How do you feel with the hanging out with these guys? Oh, with these goons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a really good week. Um, being from the East, uh, just getting to come out and reacquaint with everybody um, after all that time over the summer is super important and very happy to have that opportunity. Chris Rogers, um, you're the only one here with your hat on the right way. <laughs> you, by right way, you mean backwards. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Switch. Well, Switch. Yeah, yeah switch. we call that switch in, in snowboarding, George. Yeah. Switch has yeah, sorry, my, my alpine's coming through. Um, so, Chris, um, you know, you're from here. This is your backyard. Um, you didn't have to travel all that far. Is, where's the adventure for you? <laughs> yeah, it's always an adventure hanging out with this crew. Um, yeah, I live, live across the pass in, in Vail and, and came over for, for this event. What's one of the cool things about this team is we do have opportunity to hang out, at least in some smaller groups, throughout the season and, uh, and get to hang out with a, with a couple of these guys in, in different experiences. Um, but it's, it's always an adventure getting over the side of the pass early, early season, getting up on snow, uh, and get to make some turns with, with a couple of my best friends. Your favorite part of uh, team training to this point? My favorite part of team training, uh, just getting to ride and getting our feet back under us again. And um, we had a great session actually the first day, just being able to uh, give each other some feedback on our riding to really brush up those skills, dust off some of those those turns and tricks that we had maybe in the springtime and then we're diving into this season with. So it's been an honor to get feedback from some of the best. But you're one of the best too. So have you been giving? We always. Back? There's always more learning. There's always more learning. So. Now, Nick, you didn't really have to dive back in because you've been in New Zealand riding all summer. Yeah, yeah, I got back from New Zealand uh, not too long before we got together, 
So it's good. Got to take some much needed time off, which uh, refreshed the legs. I don't know, you know, <laughs> uh, really, really need that. So, but it's good. Super happy. My favorite thing about the Northern Hemisphere season is getting to kick it off with these guys and girl. So that's um, it's one of my favorite things. And that whole thing they're talking about where we got together before team training is really super vital to what we do, I think, and to Scott's point that, yeah, that's huge. That, that sets the tone for what we do. And we got to do this really fun exercise where we um, actually took uh, personality tests and kind of heard about it's this like called high five, it's your five top personality traits and give some names oh, to can, it. Can we get into those? <laughs> oh yeah, we, 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 we can I get into notes over there yeah. if you really want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just rolling through that and you know, hearing about Tony being the catalyst, likes, likes to get stuff done. You know, he's the man who gets stuff done, and you know, then some of us are, you know, oh, real empathetic, and then uh, some of us are. Uh, and Nick um, is the guy who likes to talk about other people's traits. He was the storyteller. He is the storyteller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were that too, though, Tony. Yeah, I was. I was. Me and you. Yeah. Me and yeah. you are the storytellers. Yeah. So. It's good for like bedtime, we have this story time. With Nick and Tony, and then it really—it's great. We get to—we get to kind of like have great dreams from all the the wild and crazy stories we hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, come on! I don't—I don't want to pause here. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> well, it was actually quite fitting because Scott got the commander. He was the only one to get the commander trait. That was pretty good. I got the was it the commander, which was the side that took charge, but I also got the peacekeeper, which was the keep everybody happy state. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite peacekeeper interesting. Peacekeeper was top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what was yours? Empathizer. Empathizer? Yep. Yeah. Yep, same. Yeah. Same. Nice. Yeah. I empathize with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think almost all of us had coach as well. Coach was in there for everybody. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have coach. Except for one of us. I didn't Except have coach. No. <laughs> no coaching for me. But I mean, what, who came up with that idea? Was that yours, Scott? Yeah, I've done, uh, it was, and I've done a few things uh, in the past like that, and, and, and there was some guys on the team when we were saying, hey, what should we do, that suggested it, and then, then I did a, just a little bit of research on different ones, and I, I found some online that I thought were less valuable to the team and more valuable, and then we just found one, and, and we, we spent the time and just went through it, and it was, uh, it was quite eye-opening and fun because the way we set it up wasn't just take this test, see what it is. We kind of dived into it a little uh, deeper where we were like, hey, can, do, you, is there t- do you agree with this? We've put that, that out to the team. And then is there a time when you saw my behaviors maybe show this? And we told stories about all, all that and what we saw in each other, which is, which is pretty cool. It was a, created some great conversations for sure. Nick did that and as story, a storyteller. And some storytelling <laughs> yeah. came out, yeah. which was pretty awesome. I think it's great when we get to a sticky point in the conversation, you know, when we're going over kind of new ideas and things like that, a lot of times we'll start debating things. And uh, now, especially with the empathizers, we empathize <laughs> with one another, like, and, and, and we're able to kind of see common ground and like, you know, when Nick and I talk, they let us talk a little bit longer because we like to tell stories, but, um, but yeah, it's great. But you're also both very good at what you do, so. Yeah, great at talking. Just talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I think anytime you have a team environment or, or any kind of environment really where you have a lot of people working closely together or even a, a small group of people working closely together, there's that barrier to to teamwork that some, can sometimes be not knowing each other well enough or, or there's some, some barriers to entry to discussions. And any kind of opportunity like this where you get to know your teammates better, uh, it allows you to break through some of those barriers and, and get to some of the deeper conversations uh, a little more quickly. And so I think it's really valuable. Uh, I know Brendan, who's not here tonight, had done uh, disk analysis before. We use them at Vail. There's a number of different um, groups that use those kinds of evaluations, whether it's Myers-Briggs or the High Five or Strength Finders. And, and anytime you can do that, you just get to know your teammates a little bit better and it gives you those opportunities to, uh, to jump into a little bit deeper level of knowing. Just in the few minutes we've been spending here, I really am looking forward to Rider Rally. <laughs> well, on Rider Rally, yeah, that'll, it's going to be That's really fun. All those strengths come together. <laughs> so as a team and, and uh, doing what you've done, really bonding together, I'm sorry, I hate that word bonding, but whatever. Um, I, I can't, you seem like really great friends. So, I mean, do you stay in touch during the off season? Yeah. Is there any contact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Sometimes too much. Oh my God. A little too much. Usually it's just me and Tony talking, <laughs> telling stories to telling, each other. Telling stories to each other. Uh, no, but we we do keep in contact and we try to we try to keep communication open and and checking in with the projects all of us are involved with, and three of us are typically in the northern uh, or southern hemisphere. I mean, and everyone else in the northern. So there's. We, we have to communicate a lot over email and, and through Messenger, but we, we do, I think the most important thing is try to stay up on the different projects we're doing and starting to talk about, okay, what, what do you guys want to do next season? We, we try to keep pretty good tabs on that stuff. Yeah, we were also able to get together three different times last season. Um, so that was, for us being so spread out, pretty as, awesome. As the whole team, you got together three times. Yeah, three different times yeah. and hoping to do similar this season. I mean, you really bring an, uh, a sense of fun, which we all talk about, you know, hey, this is fun. I, you can feel the fun here. And, but you also take your job very seriously and you have a lot of work to do and there are a number of projects. What are some of the things that you're trying to develop this season while you're well, keeping it fun? Just wanted to let you guys, you guys got a lot going on. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, <laughs> no, I think it's been great to uh, uh, continue to influence the core concept book, that's, uh, the manual that's going to be coming out. So that's been really fun to um, bounce ideas off each other and contribute to. So that's one of many projects. I think one of the ones I'm most excited about is the work we've been doing with Burton on uh, Kids Can Snowboard and then uh, continuing that down the road with the Burton PE program. Um, so Burton has a has a program that, that uh, public ed education school, uh, schools can take into their gyms and, and use as part of their curriculum. And we're kind of uh, making the, the jump from that to instructors and how you might take that learning as a, as a teacher um, and help that those kids get onto snow. And, and so we're, we're working on e-learning there with, with Burton right now. And I think it's a pretty exciting project to, to kind of tie traditional education to what we do. Yeah, another uh, another really cool one, and you know, we've done a great job, especially last year with Rider Rally, connecting to the current members. But uh, something that we're trying to do is trying to reach out and get some new members and make those connections. And one of those opportunities is with the new instructor uh, e-learning and guide guidebook. Um, so it's kind of a cool piece to kind of talk about what instructors can look forward to getting involved with PSI and ASI. 
there's a level one uh, e-learning project in the works too, and then a lot of the uh, stuff we've been working here at Fall Conference as well uh, with the learning outcomes, just getting, getting the divisions more aligned. I mean, everybody's taking a pretty heavy role in that, whether it be leading some of the freestyle groups, um, the certification groups, and just, just really working hard to kind of draw that line between what the national standards really are and what happens at, at the divisions and what does that really mean and, and, and are we doing the same, same thing? Are we evaluating to the same standards? And that's a huge project that goes way beyond the, the, the people that are at this table, filters into our whole organization. But uh, there's definitely, um, this conference here is, is spearheading the, the leadership in developing some of that, uh, how that's gonna trickle down into the divisions, which is really cool to see. You know, one of the things that I was really impressed with, and I know he's not a part of the snowboard team specifically, but he is the adaptive team, and that was adaptive snowboarding, and how that's really catching on, and, and the interest that's coming from the snowboard instructors in that. Um, I thought that was really exciting. Yeah, there's a lot uh, going on in the adaptive snowboard world. It's definitely a growing thing. You know, it's typically been, uh, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna go skiing, this and that, and, and it's broadening and there's more participation in that, especially with some of the, um, the vets coming back and, and different things and you know younger demographics. Uh, so yeah, the, the adaptive snowboard world is really picking it up and as that grows, we gotta stay ahead of that curve and what we can, we can offer. And then with the um, children learn, I mean, starting out at a young age on snowboards, are you having to develop any kind of um, children's manual or anything? Is that in the works? Is that? Who wants that? There is, there is a children's manual in the works, but specific to the Burton thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris and I are working on the Burton PE project, but we also have Brendan Metzler, who's not here tonight, who works um, pretty close with that children's committee and that children's group and staying connected with that group. So um, there are some elements. And our technical manual kind of encompasses both kids and adults, so we like to kind of Keep it, keep it all encompassing. Oh, you do? Okay. So, I mean, well, and you can get a CS1, CS2 as a snowboard. I mean, that's yep. open. Yep. So, yep. Um, anything else that's going on right now that's really grabbing your attention you want to bring up to the membership? And Amy keeps getting elbowed by Chris <laughs> and <laughs> All right. This is common. Um, so, one of the big things that's on our plate uh, is Rider Rally um, that we haven't spoken Ooh. to. Yeah. You. Um, we yeah, that's true. The skier here brought that up. Because <laughs> 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 you want to come to it and join us? That's exactly right. Yeah. Hey, I heard Jonathan Ballou say the other night I he was coming to ride a rally. Yeah. Yes. So hold on him to that. On a snowboard, he's coming to ride a rally. So that's out on the internet like now. That's Jonathan Ballou. That's a fact. That's, that's a, fact. a fact. National team that's skier. A fact. Yes. That's a fact. He said it. He said it. It's on the internet now, it's so a fact. More, more uh, just some specifics on the Rider Rally, just so everybody gets it out there and knows. It will be in May, um, from the 7th to the 11th, and we will be at uh, Mount Hood, and be working with uh, Wendell's and taking, staying at their campus and doing all that, and there'll be a lot more details and information coming out real soon uh, around the Rider Rally, and uh, which is gonna be really awesome. And, very much looking forward to it. I'm putting on a bike race in Oregon <laughs> the last weekend of April and the first weekend of May, and well, then right go. after that's over, I'm heading Can right up to Timberline. Can we add you to the, right. to the second tier oh, list underneath John Ballou? I'm going to be there. Oh, sweet. Yeah. There. <laughs> I missed it last year because I was sick and look had early, no voice. Look early. Gonna <laughs> look early. 
So yeah, no, I want to be doing this from, from Rider Rally. I think it's exciting. Amy, it kind of cut you off. Was there anything more you wanted to add about Rider Rally? No, I um, pretty much covered it, but we're just super excited to have such a fun event that, you know, fits so many people uh, that are looking for that kind of thing, like to, you know, finish off the season and, at, yeah. at, with as much fun as you can have. You're all going to be coaches there? We'll all be there. And are you going to, is, is uh, participation going to be more than it was last year? I think you had 55. Of course. And cut it's it going to be more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, are you yeah, going to have a higher um, limit on, uh, or a cap on participation? We had almost 65 last year. We ended 65. up, we ended up uh, bringing Josh, uh, Josh Spolster out to help us last year as well. Um, and that was, that was kind of our true limit just based on the number of, of coaches we had w with current team members. Um, and one of the things we did last year was survey participants afterwards, and, and we asked if they'd be interested in clinics from previous team members as well as clinics from divisional uh, leaders wherever we are hosting Rider Rally in a given year. And the, the answers to both of those questions were pretty positive. So one of the things we're excited about with bringing Rider Rally to Hood is um, if we do grow past that, that kind of 60 number and we need to start adding clinic leaders, um, we have a number of ex-team members, uh, team alumni who could join us for that, as well as divisional clinic leaders from Northwest that could jump in uh, to help, help lead, lead those groups. So we really don't have a cap um, as, as it pertains to that 65 number like we did last year. I'd love to hear from each of you, just in 30 seconds to a minute, what really storytellers did you hear that one minute <laughs> yeah how do you describe a successful snowboard lesson how do you know you've really connected with that student and they've gotten something out of out of spending the time with you nick let's start with you and i can't have any of you <laughs> the say thinker. What nick said. i need a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm the thinker one of my other traits was i think about things before i before i have to speak which is funny because you wouldn't know that because <laughs> i'm usually just because you're talking through it like, because i'm talking right. through my thinking he's so, stalling right now I'm while he's stalling thinking right now uh best snowboard lesson comes down to their it's it has to it has to be a good experience and it has to i'm having trouble putting it into words because it's it's a, it's a deep feeling, like for me, I want the same feeling for them that snowboarding gives me. And that's, that's a feeling of challenge and, and overcoming something that's challenging and feeling self-worth because you got through that. So that, that, is, that is a big piece of a successful lesson for me, I think, is that, that feeling, because that's what I have and I love about snowboarding. And I know maybe that's not what everyone else loves about snowboarding, but uh, I think it's something we can all get out of it. I'd say you put that into words really well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that just sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's uh, sharing smiles and uh, overcoming triumphs, uh, similar to Nick. And it's about um, showing them new sensations that they haven't experienced before and getting them to try new things and um, some new discoveries that will bring that joy that uh, we like to bring to the sport as individuals and get them to you know, spread that uh, joy to other people as well. So bringing their, their hype for the sport, uh, for the activity to, to others and encouraging others to join as well. 
I think there's kind of two metrics there. Uh, one's the short-term success and kind of what these guys spoke to. And the second is going just going right off our vision statement of creating lifelong education or lifelong adventures through education. Sometimes you don't know uh, some of those greater successes until down the road. And I think of a handful of the clients I worked with a decade ago that are still skiing and snowboarding. Um, those those are a huge success and a point of pride to me is that you know I was able to um, help them find the same kind of passion that I had and they're still at it uh, all these years later. Amy? Um, I mean, a lot of it's already been said, but uh, something I love to get out of a lesson is just um, that aha moment of either having a breakthrough in a lesson that they can um, get to that next step and feel that like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense now. Um, but also just seeing the mountain in a different way. I think a lot of people, as they're learning, um, get stuck uh, in one path and you know they only see the mountain one in one dimension and showing them all these different avenues that you can get out of the mountain is, that's what I love to do and like to share that with others. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think it's really clear when somebody had a great time, when they're stoked and they come back and have that second lesson with you, but more importantly, when they bring one of their homies with you and uh, they want them to have that same, you know, that same experience that they had. So sharing that, uh, that passion for sure that they had that first experience with you. But I think um, it's even deeper when you're able to teach somebody their first time and then, uh, and then they come back and they stay engaged, like Chris was saying, in the, uh, in the snow sports industry and snowboarding, and all of a sudden they become an educator because they want to share that same passion with, uh, with their peers. Wow, there's been a <laughs> lot said there. No, but I think what it really comes down to is, you know, the mountain changes, there's different mountains, there's different snow conditions, there's different terrains, and at the end of the day, and at the end of that lesson, to measure that success, if they're, if they're coming back for more, and that they're excited for more, that, that is the measure of success. And that more may be from day one to day two, but it's, it, it gets even more when it goes into that multiple year, uh, season over season, and maybe you know resort to different resort, but just getting people in and, and, and showing them what, what we have to offer through, through the resorts and, and through the schools and, and through all the different individual instructors that they connect, that they can connect with. Uh, when they're willing and wanting to come back for more, that, that is the success. Whether it's come back for me or come back for somebody else, just getting, getting back out there and, and, and doing more and getting more into it. So definition for national team, we went over that a little earlier. I mean, you're the best writers, you're the best educators from PSI, ASI. And I'm curious, do you have a specific level that I know you can teach all levels and teach them well, but is there one that's your favorite? Hmm. I think uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I love teaching the first time class. Uh, I yeah. love it. There's there's something to be said about that question. There's always the, and I want to get out. I want to go ride the park. I want to go shred the powder. Like all that stuff, which those are amazing lessons. But man, the true for me, the true uh, the true lesson is is the beginner lesson. Uh, just because they come in fresh and you get to mold and, and get them um, stoked on it and, and, and like they have never had that experience before and you get to be the first one to share that with them hopefully uh, or else they're coming in because they had a bad experience and you can turn that around into a positive yeah I think there's something to be said for the uh, more advanced uh, lesson as well you know, they might have come and taken lessons and maybe they get into a little bit of a rut. Maybe they're hearing the same thing. Maybe they're, they're trying and playing with the same thing. So if you can break that mold and show them how to maybe do the same thing a different way, 
and all of a sudden they have that breakthrough and they're like, wow. You know, and, and that could be as simple as like a suggestion, hey, let's change your gear a little bit. Let's look at some different opportunities to really advance your gear and that'll get you to that next level or it's maybe just a different movement pattern. But to me, when you can create, like uh, I think Rosie was saying, when you get that like aha moment or that breakthrough, it's amazing. Anybody else? Um, yeah, that's a tough one to pick from. Uh, <laughs> it is. I, I just, if anybody, I'd Absolutely. love to hear your opinions. I, yeah. I love uh, the beginner lesson and having them leave after having a great experience, there's definitely, I don't think, anything more rewarding. Um, but also when you get that person that maybe only makes to the mountain a couple times a year uh, and they kind of restart at that same level again and they kind of get frustrated with, um, you know, relearning every single time they come. If I like having the ability to like give them a couple cues to remember that they're able to come back and succeed and keep moving forward instead of having to start back at one spot over and over again. I think the, the beginner lesson's been hit on and, and, and the beginner lesson is amazing. There's a step above that that I absolutely love though, which is when you actually get to show your guests the experience that you love at, at your mountain. Um, when you actually get to go up that gondola for the first time or go into a back bowl or go into your favorite tree run, that, that opportunity to actually share a piece of the sport that you love beyond just the sport itself and, and actually a part of the, the experience that you really connect with um, that's a really special moment, I think, when, when you get your students that, that next big step in, in the experience as well as the learning. All right, we're going right down the line. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the, also the beginner experience and I think the um, high-level coaches uh, somehow get moved out of that. And I think that's a, a powerful thing is our, our organization for the level threes uh, and, and beyond to be working with that group um, because of how important it is to get them uh, continue with our with our sport, continue with snowboarding. Specifically, I like working with like that the the teenage crowd coming from a, a coach background within that. <clears throat> it's it can be really challenging and rewarding to teach them without teaching them. You know, where they're like, oh, I know how to get around the mountain, maybe that intermediate level. Oh, I can get around the mountain. I don't want to, you know, go through these drills and these activities. Um, it, and I love the challenge of trying to break through that and teach them without them even knowing they're being taught. And then it, sometimes it's challenging because, you know, they still feel like they did it on their own. <laughs> but I think that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to always take credit for Swallow it. That. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you did it all by yourself, yeah. But taking them on that adventure around the mountain and uh, really pushing them uh, for them to explore within uh, maybe a social setting and pushing them each other, but you know, really trying to set up an environment where they can progress at their, their own rate. So that's probably one of my favorites. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, I, think it, I think it's really cool as I'm listening to this because it, what everyone is saying is kind of highlighting part of their strengths as, as what I see in people and, and areas that they gravitate to when I see us do projects and things like that, taking, well, what about the beginner? Oh, well, what about you know, learning through experience and all this stuff? And we're all kind of gravitating towards stuff that we have strengths. So that's really cool. Um, I only teach advanced lessons. So, <laughs> no, um, my, tell us the story. I'm going to tell you a story right now. No, um, my favorite, my favorite lesson that our level to teach 
is uh, when they start to have their first bit of ownership over where they're going on the mountain, like direction change. <laughs> that moment to me, which a lot of times happens in the level one lesson, from that kind of like floating leaf to that S-turn stage, because all of a sudden the experience turns from kind of what they're being told to do and they're trying to react to things to choosing where they want to go and they can start to choose their experience and say this is what snowboarding means to me and i am going to tell a story right now i remember <laughs> i absolutely remember the first time i fell in love with snowboarding it was the first time i was um eight years old i was at ski cooper colorado and I said to my older brother who I was snowboarding with, I was like, hey, Mike, can I hit that jump over there? And it was just like a little bit of snow pushed up next to this tree. And he said to me, he's like, of, of course you can. You could do whatever you want. And I was like, I can do whatever I want to do on my snowboard. And that was like, to me, snowboarding was the first time I ever experienced what I would felt like was true freedom as a kid and ownership over my decisions and where I was going and what I was doing. And that to me is linking back to the experience piece. That's what I love about that first timer lesson. And that's what a good lesson to me is, is when they get to make snowboarding their own experience. And I got a question that came in over Facebook Live directed to Chris and Tony, because it's about children. Um, and it's how do you incorporate a child's development into a snowboard lesson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, a, lot about, a lot of it is about you know, reading, reading your audience. And, and you know, depending on how old the kid might be or the children might be, um, it's building the experience from there. Um, you know, we talk so much about like uh, when you're teaching, you're delivering information and delivering experiences. On the kids' side, that's a lot more of delivering the experience, creating the environment, creating the um, the situation where a child can learn through taking them through the, those experiences. And you know, we have great um, great tools to be able to do that with uh, some of the riglet boards and some of the some of the terrain features and stuff like that, whether they be natural or man-made around the mountain. Um, that's probably the best way because then you get that same experience that Nick had when he was an eight-year-old of like, oh my God, I just did that. So uh, if we can create that, then they're hooked and then their parents have to have them come back. In the, uh, in, when the learning connection model was, uh, was, was rolled out, um, we, it shows the technical teaching and people skills triangles and actually we use this as an example. Um, you know, for, a, for someone going for maybe racing, you might need to shift more towards the technical and the teaching aspects to really coach someone through uh, that high level riding. With a kid, you're going to shift a lot more of your energy towards that people triangle. Um, so you're going to put a lot more of your soft skills into play. You're going to focus on making the lesson fun, engaging, um, you know, to, to teach through play, um, to, to build games and, and to kind of take the same kind of information that we normally, that you might explain to an adult and make that a little bit more of a, of a game or an experience for the kids. And, and so I think, you know, we really look at where that child is on the development spectrum, whether it's a three-year-old or a six-year-old or a 14-year-old, a uh, and you're gonna tailor that lesson to the actual individual needs of, of that guest and, um, you know, and really build your program around, around what they need to get out of the day. Great, I know you guys are super busy, your schedules are packed and you, probably like to get out and have a little dinner this evening so yeah, dinner would be good but our schedules aren't that packed so if there's an opportunity to get out and work we're all for it <laughs> well thank you for taking the time to join us this evening we really appreciate it
Yeah, well, thank you, thank George. You, George, George before, you. before we end this, I think, you know, we, we talked about Rider Rally. One of the things that we're all really excited about with Rider Rally is also promoting National Academy. And, um, you know, in the past, National Academy has been something uh, that we go to and there might be one or two groups. We might do some crossover stuff with the skiers. Um, but in creating a, a better platform through Rider Rally to really speak to our core audience, we also feel like there's a better opportunity um, for us to talk about what an amazing opportunity National Academy is, especially at Big Sky this year. It's in one of the free ride, you know, one of the places you kind of have to go in the free ride world and explore Big Sky. And so I, I just want to put that out there that, you know, if, if you're really looking for that core experience, come join us at Rider Rally. If you're looking for that little bit more premier uh, event, you know, to come see the keynotes and, and be a part of the, the amazing experience that is National Academy, uh, don't miss National Academy. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, George.